On trend is uh, something that a lot of people want to be. You just look at Instagram and, and, you know, look to see if you are up with the recent trends. And, you know, it's it's perhaps uh, one of the bigger food trends in the last uh, little while. Fermented food on the rise in restaurants. If you go to the uh, Drake Commissary, they many of their menu items are full of bacteria, good bacteria. They're uh, working on some fermentation. And they, you know, everything from baking their own bread to pickling to making their own kimchi. Uh, I love kimchi. It's become, you can't like step in a grocery store without, you know, coming across at least 10 different types of kimchi now. I mean, we're at one time kimchi. They'd look at you sideways if you asked for that at your local um, grocery store. Not so anymore. And last year, my husband went on this big kefir kick. And I know a lot of people are doing this. So is fermentation the new food trend for 2019 or is it going to keep expanding? We're joined now by Dr. Gregor Reed. He is a professor at Western University and a scientist at Lawson Hill Research Institute. Welcome to the show and Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year. So do you think we're only going to get more and more uh, into the idea of adding fermented food into our diets? I hope so. Okay. I recommended it to Health Canada, although they ignored me so far, but I've uh, suggested it should be the fifth item on the Canada Food Guide. Wow. Okay. Well, if you're recommending it as the fifth item on that Canada Food Guide, clearly (laughs) you believe in it. Why do you think uh, fermented foods are so good for us? Well, we're basically microbial species. We have uh, a microbial planet and uh, humans are covered in bacteria and other types of microbes. And so the question is, we evolved from microbes, how are we going to feed them? And the good thing about fermented foods is it utilizes uh, microbes to make the food even better for us with more value because of the byproducts that are produced during the fermentation process. And what are the byproducts? Well, there's many of them. There's types of acids. There's uh, types of short-chain, what they call short-chain fatty acids. Uh, There's things that reduce allergens. There's things that can break down toxic substances. There's uh, little proteins. Um, There's uh, neurotransmitters, vitamins. So so lots of uh, things that people are now realizing are beneficial to us. And that's partly because of the Human Microbiome Project, which made everyone start to think about microbes. Okay, so for people that aren't well-versed in the Human Microbiome Project, Mm -hmm. maybe you could elaborate. Yeah, so basically uh, the U.S. and Europe studied the microbes that are all over us in different orifices in the stool especially, and they found uh, we've got them everywhere. And they're they're, uh, helping us live. And so because of this, people started to appreciate uh, that that there are these microbes and that we shouldn't just be scared of them. And I've been working on this since 1982, if you can imagine. So um, people didn't believe me for long enough, but I kept saying beneficial microbes can help our health. And they do. So it's kind of allowed this resurgence. I mean, fermented foods date back to biblical times. It's not like humans have uh, suddenly found them in the last 10 years. They've been with us a long time. We've just ignored them. Were we fermenting foods to make them last longer? Yes, we were. That's definitely part of it. Uh, Also for the flavor, I think. Um, But, uh, yeah, I mean... That you can go back to Egyptian times and uh, etc. And it was mostly sour milk they were making, but there's cheeses and uh, fermented sausages and things like that. So when you hear about, you know, uh, I know government cracking down on mm-hmm. on cheese producers that are not uh, sterilizing the cheese and using uh, raw uh, milk and such. Uh, do you think they're going the wrong way? Well, 
I don't want to get into the raw milk argument. I, I actually think raw milk's probably good for us yeah. as long as there's no salmonella and things like that in it. But um, the issue is really um, what is it you want people to eat? And mm -hmm. if you're going to stick to the four criteria right now, what I would say is, is take the kimchi out of the vegetables. Take the kefir and the yogurt out of the milk. Um, look at things like kombucha and uh, miso and some others and, and then put them into a separate category and, and so people can have the option. If you don't like yogurt, maybe you prefer kombucha. So just take one of them every day and I think it would be a, a healthier option. And I guess Health Canada hasn't really, or the people who are behind the health food guide, have not really acknowledged that we are microbial in our nature and that we have so many inside us and until you acknowledge that and appreciate that, that we should be feeding them and using them in a way that helps our health then they're not going to change. Give us an idea of how many bacterium we should have inside our human body. Well, people say there's, uh, you know, 10, 10 times more bacteria than human cells. It's very hard to say, depending on the size of the person, but there's certainly lots of them, so trillions. And there isn't a human being alive without microbes. So they are there. We, we have to acknowledge it, and we should try and, um, you know, use food and things that will make the beneficial ones uh, proliferate. So we all should have this uh, this certain bacteria and, and microbes within us. Yep. How, how did they? How do we get rid of them? Because I mean, <laughs> well, at some point we had to. No, yeah. how did we get rid of them? How did we come to this have, stage? No, we never did. Um, what, what's happened is we've started to eat processed foods. Yep. We're eating. Uh, for example, we were in Af I was in Africa, and they used to eat fermented millet, which is it's like a porridge. It's a great taste. Well, they stopped and they started growing maize instead, and the maize gets infected with a toxin that can kill children and cause cancer. And and so, or sort of, we have to look back at how we evolved as humans, and we certainly use fermented food, and it improves the diversity of microbes inside us. And I remember in Scotland when I was a child, August was a great month because we ate melon. Well, now you can get melon all year long. So we're, we've narrowed the diversity of food that we eat instead of having almost seasonal food. And the hunter-gatherers in Africa, who I've studied as well as others, that's what they do. If it's berry season, they just eat berries day after day after day. And so I think variety of food is really important, and having fermented foods helps with uh, the microbes that we need as diverse in our system. So do we have basically a symbiotic relationship with these microbes? Oh, yeah, for sure. So Absolutely. they help us, we keep them alive, and we're oh, just yeah. not feeding them anymore. We're a great body for them, but yeah. And, you know, if, if, the, plant, if the people on the planet disappear, the microbes won't. So who's the more intelligent? <laughs> right. That's a, that's a sad reality, isn't it, when you really break it down to that? Um, get us, it, it, it's not just about gut health, because we hear about this all no. the time. You know, you were, you were talking about the microbes, in that's fact, right. in, uh, in your feces. And I know that um, there are people that are saying that, you know, there some places are marketing some bacteria that's that's actually found from other people's feces mm -hmm. so that they can put them back into the uh, gut of other people. Now, that's right. a bit extreme, but um, beyond gut, what other ways are uh, these these microbes helping us? Yeah, so fecal microbiota transplant would only be in severe cases, for example, to uh, treat chronic Clostridium difficile. But the microbes, I mean, the studies which I've published and others have published showing that you can have an impact on respiratory health, on urogenital health, on skin health. 
Uh, and so it's not simply just the bacteria going to the gut and that's it. Um, they can lower cholesterol, for example. So it may not be as, as much lowering as statins, the drugs, but they can still lower it. So th there's lots of things within the system that come from the gut and then have the effect elsewhere. And we published a paper saying Canada could potentially save about $100 million if people took probiotics to prevent colds and flus. Wow. And of course, you know, <laughs> that was ignored. But Why? Why is, is the government resisting? Well, I don't really know, to be honest. I think they, they uh, tr maybe try and play safe. And, you know, some people still think probiotics and fermented food snake oil and, you know, they're living in the past. But um, I, I, you'd have to ask them. But I, I think more of us should be taking those foods. And, you know, there's nothing in it for me in terms of financial um, benefits. I mean, we have a company here in London that's making amazing kombucha. I was in South Africa two weeks ago. I went to a market. They're making kombucha. Amazing flavor and people are loving it. So this is here to stay and I think will expand and hopefully people will benefit from it in their health. What is kombucha? Uh, it's fermented green tea and they use uh, different flavors. For example, ginger is one of my favorites. Uh, the company's called Butch. But the problem is, they told me last week, they said American products are being imported, being called kombucha, but they've been pasteurized so the organisms are dead. Mm. I mean, to me, that's terrible. You shouldn't be calling it kombucha if the organisms are dead. But it's maybe cheaper and it looks good on the shelves. And so Canadian stores apparently are selling it instead of locally made, for, in this case, London, Ontario. But there may be others in Toronto, etc., that make the real stuff. What's the company called? Do you know? Uh, Booch. Booch. Okay. Booch. <laughs> B-O-O-C-A. Oh, Booch. Okay, got you. I wasn't sure if it was a Scottish accent or not, so I thought we should clarify. Um, so what do you keep in mind when you're buying fermented foods? What's a good uh, rule of thumb for people well, listening? You want to look for the, them having live organisms. Um, and, for example, in the refrigerated section of you'll find kefirs and yogurts. Obviously, people have heard of them. Mm -hmm. uh, kombucha uh, can sit out on the shelf. It doesn't necessarily need to be refrigerated, depending on the products. And that's because of the way it's prepared and it's sealed tightly. But um, in general, look for, make, make sure they've not been pasteurized. Uh, and I don't want to confuse people. Mm -hmm. If you take raw milk and you pasteurize it, I think that's, that's fine. Then you add the microbes and the microbes ferment the milk. Okay. So you still have live microbes, but it wasn't the original ones that were in the milk. It's ones that you've added in order to ferment it. Specifically, what are we looking for on the label when you say make sure it's made with live bacteria? Well, I mean, lactobacilli and bifidobacterium are, are generally um, well known to people now. I mean, they didn't used to be, but, but there are, I mean, there's Saccharomyces, there's uh, Leuconostoc, there's all these fancy names that people probably uh, maybe don't know about. Um, you might think Streptococcus is a terrible bacteria because certain types sure. of streptococcus cause sore throat and infection, but streptococcus also makes uh, fermented foods and, and is one of the key bacteria in yogurt. It's just a different streptococcus. Well, we just got away from like looking at labels and if you can't read it, put it down and put it back on the shelf. Now we're getting into, well, maybe you can't read it, but it might be good for you with regard yeah. to the live bacteria. 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, the ideal thing would be for people to see on the label the exact organisms' names and to have a reference place where they could go and look up the paper published on that uh, product. But that's either not allowed or it's too difficult for people to do. So, um, you know, as a scientist, we, all, all we can do is um, support the companies that are doing research to show what the organisms are and what their products do and how they benefit us. And then, uh, you know, hopefully in time, the good products will rise to the top. Mm -hmm. Doctor, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Thanks so much for schooling us in this. (laughs) Thanks a lot.